Welcome to the Mission Cleveland Weekly Podcast. Encouragement and hope in a despairing world. Good evening, everyone. As always, it's so good to be with you and truly a gift and an honor and a privilege to get to preach the Word of God. So thank you for this privilege yet again. Um, Just a quick note before we jump in. We've been in this uh, sermon series on the Beatitudes, and we're going to veer off of that path um, tonight just for um, really a moment for me to offer you kind of a final charge, if you will, before I step away and take on a different role here. Um, so the, the lectionary text, the psalm reading and the gospel reading, I'll, I won't be preaching from or referencing tonight, but I'll be preaching on the short couple of verses that we just read from Hebrews. So before we jump into that, will you pray with me? Well, God, we are here because of you, and we are here for you. And Lord, we're so grateful for your presence in our midst. Like so many people have already declared in in prayer before the service, and Bruce standing up front, and Father Luke just declaring that you are in our midst, Jesus, and your peace is ruling, and we're so grateful. Holy Spirit, open up and expand our hearts and our minds and our spirits to just know more about who you are. You are welcome in this place, Lord Jesus. Have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Amen. Amen. We have been called to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. These are the words we say at the end of each service, um, attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. And um, from, this is something we've said from the inception of the church, and from the inception of this church, um, these words from St. Francis have had more of an outwardly missional connotation. So, so we wanted to look around at the brokenness in our world and in our community and and say, we want to step in and promote healing, and we want to step in and promote unity, and we want to step in and promote homecoming, so to speak, to those around us who are so clearly desperate for hope. It's interesting that we've been saying these words for over 300 and some weeks now since this church began meeting weekly, and really attempting to put language around it. Um, I think sometimes we've had a hard time saying we, we think it's a really beautiful saying and we say it week in and week out and it has really defined the DNA of this church in a lot of ways. And yet we found ourselves saying like, but what really does that mean for us? Like what really does it look like? Some of you may have been in those conversations. Have we really grasped what exactly it means As I was thinking about this, I thought, well, maybe we never should fully know or grasp what it means. Maybe we never will. Maybe we never really can. But what about this moment in time? What do these words have to say to us 
Mission Cleveland right now. The reality is that transition is always hard, but unexpected transition is even harder. There's loss and there's grief and confusion, sadness, frustration, questions, maybe even hopelessness in some cases. I would venture to say that there's some in this room today and some not here with us tonight that feel wounded right now, that feel like things are falling apart a little bit. Maybe some who feel aimless in their journeying right now. Now, I don't want to assume that all of us are feeling this way. Praise God that there are likely some of you in this room who actually feel quite settled in this moment, who feel a deep sense of peace. Praise God. We need you. We need you in this moment. We do. But perhaps this is our chance to embody this mission statement that we've said week in and week out like never before. But maybe more internally, within this particular body, in this particular moment in time. So when I was thinking about what I might use as a sermon text for today, I had a ton of freedom. It was kind of like anything goes. <laughs> Just choose your passage. Choose your own adventure, right? And my mind immediately went to Hebrews chapter 12, but it went to verses 1 and 2, and I want to read those to you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love those two verses, and I'll come back to those in just a moment. But then I just thought, I'll just read on a little bit in Hebrews chapter 12. And eventually I came to verses 12 and 13. So after the author is talking about the suffering of Jesus and then the discipline of God for a few verses, he then says these words to an apparently spiritually indifferent audience at the time. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. To be honest with you, when I read these two verses, I just had a moment where I thought, oh, Mission Cleveland. Just this, this kind of tender thought toward this church. Like, oh, I see Mission Cleveland. I, I feel Mission Cleveland in these words. Because again, from my vantage point, there are some drooping hands, and there are some weak knees, and there are some who maybe feel like they're just kind of wondering here and there, to and fro in this moment. And I don't say that with criticism, but quite honestly, I say that in solidarity to a degree. This is a hard season, and we can name that without shame. But in the same breath that I say that, I also say this. What is lame does not, be, does not have to be put out of joint in this moment. What is weak does not have to be destroyed in this moment. And what is slightly broken does not have to be shattered 
in this moment. I think of Isaiah chapter 42, where Isaiah is talking about Jesus, this coming servant of the Lord, and he says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Who's holding this all together? Jesus. And Jesus is the one who takes the lame and the weak and the hurting and the poor and the nearly broken and the nearly snuffed out and makes them whole and breathes new life into them. And so Mission Cleveland, we are on a journey towards something I believe will be really, really beautiful if we are committed to St. Francis's exhortation to seek and promote healing, to seek and promote unity, and to seek and promote homecoming within ourselves and within this community with your neighbors to your right and to your left and in front of you and behind you, inhabiting the space of this room together right now. So what do we do? How do, how do we move forward? How do we step into this, this healing journey together? I just have two quick suggestions. I think the first thing we do is we keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. We keep our eyes on Jesus because I don't have to tell you that the waters of this life are already so treacherous. But they get a lot worse when, like Peter, we take our eyes off of Jesus even for just a split second, even for just a moment. Because when our eyes are not on Jesus, that is when fear sets in. That is when panic sets in. And I say this from experience. Our eyes cannot be fixed on what was Our eyes cannot be fixed on what right now seems like or feels like. And our eyes really cannot even be fixed on what is to come next in the life of this church. But the eyes of our hearts must be firmly fixed on the gaze of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faiths, the author and perfecter of Mission Cleveland's past, present, and future. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. The second thing is this. We must owe one another nothing but love. Owe one another nothing but love. This comes from Romans chapter 13. Paul's talking about being subject to authority, and he closes that piece by saying, Pay to all what is due them, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, honor to whom honor is due is due. And then he says this, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. In another translation, it says, owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Paul is talking to the early Roman church in this moment, a mixed bag of Jews and Gentiles from different backgrounds and different life experiences. 
and as he is guiding them into deeper spiritual formation as a community, he says these words. Owe one another nothing but love. So a close second to keeping our eyes on Jesus, I believe this is the best thing, the best thing that we can do as a church body right now. Love one another. Love one another. In love, let's support one another. In love, let's encourage one another. In love, let's uphold one another. In love, let's be honest with one another. In love, let's rally around one another. This body cannot function to its full potential without all its members working for and toward the same ultimate purpose. It just can't work unless that's the case. Let love be the binding agent that, initiated by God's work and purpose, holds us together. Again, we are not ultimately holding this church together. God is holding it together. But if we do not have love for one another, things may start to pull apart at the seams. Things may start to feel a bit disjointed. We must owe nothing to anyone but to love. We have been called to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. So as we say that at the end of the service tonight, may we be reminded that this is not just a charge for us, us missionally out in the world, but this is a charge for us right here in this body at this particular moment in time. Maybe, just maybe, this has the potential to be the greatest or the most holistic embodiment we've actually seen of this mission statement yet. With Jesus as our initiator, our pioneer, let us join him and move toward healing, move toward unity, and move toward homecoming like never before in our own hearts and in this community. As we do, I believe we will move forward in hope for what's to come, knowing that what is lame may not be put out of joint, will not be put out of joint, but be made whole for God's glory and for God's glory alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Speak truth to my Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week. Breathe